Welcome to this new episode of the European Hoops Podcast. We cover the EuroLeague and the top FIBA events. I am André and this is our basketball expert, Diogo Valente. Hi guys, hope everything's doing okay with y'all. We are here for another episode of European Hoops Podcast. So André, let us know, man, what do we have for today? Today, as we always do, we will be talking about the EuroLeague in our 25 to 35 minute podcast. We try not to make it too long for you guys, but we try to bring you our point of views and uh, what we expect to see or what we saw on the EuroLeague games and how everything is progressing in the competition. Later in the season, we will be bringing you, as we always do, who are the top players in the competition, how are the teams performing. We use all the breaks of the, the EuroLeague to, to bring you those special episodes. But now we will continue previewing the competition after we just recapped round one. Let's look into round two. Are you ready to get into it, Diogo? Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, we're going to have some exciting games, so let's get it started. It's going to be fun. Very well. We start with uh, bad news after the terror that we saw in Israel. Maccabi game uh, had to be suspended. Uh, the game will be played later between Milano and Maccabi on the next round. There are uh, already arrangements to to switch the order of the home and away games between Maccabi and Valencia, and uh, they will be playing the next game away. And uh, their next game at home will happen. Um, only in three weeks, and as always, we stand with the victims of terror, and um, we hope that uh, by then things will be in a better place than they are right now. So that game won't be happening on this uh, round two. It was one of the games scheduled for Thursday. Uh, this means that we will have four games on Thursday, four games on Friday. I remind you guys that after the games, uh, after each day of the games, we on the following day, we bring you an episode recapping the, the action and recapping everything that happened and the implications that those games have into the competition. And uh, also make sure to subscribe to, to our podcast and to follow us on Twitter at D2ZeroLeague just to make sure that you guys don't miss out on any of the episodes. And every time you are looking to talk about EuroLeague or get more information about EuroLeague, always feel free to reach out and uh, listen To, to our episodes. We are more than happy to continuously do it for you guys and we will continue to do. The growth of the podcast has been amazing and we are thankful to each one of you for that. Let's then look into the eight games that will take place on this uh, round two. And we start with uh, the Thursday and the, with the game between Efes and Real Madrid. Efes was somewhat disappointing team in the, the first round, while Real Madrid was also a somewhat disappointing team in the first round. Weren't they, Diogo? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I, I voiced my complaints enough in the previous episode. So uh, <laughs> hopefully we can see a, a high-level game between these two teams who are two teams who should be contending to be in the Final Four. So hopefully it's a high-level game. Uh, I believe it will be. I think both teams will bounce back. And I'm expecting a great game for sure. I think it will be a highly competitive game. And especially for FS because Real Madrid, despite not having the, the best performance that they would expect to have, they were able to come out of that game with a win while FS yeah. uh, lost against Barcelona. I think that... Uh, From this FS team, with a new coach in place and some new pieces coming in, we will see a natural progression game to game. And especially in the, the start of the season, we can expect that ramp up to be quick and fast. 
I think that this playing at home, this is an extremely important game for FS, and uh, they will really need their best players to step up to win, uh, to beat a team so strong as Real Madrid is, a team that is so complete as Real Madrid is, and especially if Real Madrid has some of their uh, top players back to this game, and mainly Walter Tavares, that we know how impactful he can be within the, the FIBA game and we did the, the early game. FS will really need to perform at their best, but I think they are able to. Uh, this is a game that we can expect a bounce back from uh, Will Clyburn and a, box, a bounce back from FS in general. What do you expect to, to be the keys on this matchup? Well, first of all, for FS, uh, obviously Will Clyburn needs to be better. He, he needs to, to assert himself as the best player on the team, and he has to strive to be the best player on the floor in a matchup like this. Uh, and I also expect Darius Thompson to be to be much better and to have a, a lot more impact on this game and on their offense. So hopefully he is more on the ball on, on this game because Shane Larkin had a lot of the playmaking duties uh, on the last game and he had 12 assists. But that, like I said before, that's something I expect from Darius Thompson and not Shane Larkin. Uh, I think Shane has to be the one of the scorers, I mean, after Will Clyburn. So I, I want Darius Thompson to be that facilitator uh, instead of Shane Larkin. Uh, but overall, I, I expect FS to be better. And obviously, it starts with Will Clyburn. And uh, I do believe he's going to be better because these types of matchups, are, the best players are always looking for, forward to these types of matchups. And hopefully, he can be more aggressive and they can use him in the right spots so, so that it can be more effective and, and just better overall. For Real Madrid, I mean, uh, I think Campazzo will be better for sure. And overall, as a team, uh, I don't think they will struggle on the boards as much, especially with Walter Tavares coming back. So I, I think it's going to be highly competitive, man. I think it could be a very tough matchup for Tyreek uh, Ty Jones uh, against Walter Tavares because he's, he's a lot bigger and he protects the rim at a high level. So it's going to be way harder for, for Ty Jones to score inside. But I think it's going to be a very competitive matchup. I, I think it can go either way. But uh, if I had to pick, I think Real Madrid is more prepared to win this game right now. They they have more continuity, and I I would expect them to be favorites for this game, especially with Walter Tavares coming back. And I think for FS, it might take a while for them to actually click. But in order for them to win, they for sure need Will Clyburn to be the best player on the floor. For me, for FS, it will come down to their ability to get stops and to play in transition. This is a game that you just mentioned, uh, the size advantage of a player like uh, Walter Tavares, but uh, they have uh, Real Madrid in general as a team with, uh, with a lot of size. and a team. Yeah, even Poirier, they, they have a lot. Yeah, they have uh, many options on that front. And uh, they are a team that uh, will be able to get to their spots and to, to get their baskets. So for Ifas, a key for this game for me, it's uh, for them to be able to get stops and to run, 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 and to be able to beat Real Madrid in transition. That will give them a fighting chance to be on the game. And if the game is close at the end, I believe that Typhus, with extra motivation and with the bounce back by a game from players like Will Clyburn, they can compete with Real Madrid and they can get this win. I expect it to be extremely competitive. I think I have a slightest lean and I would uh, favor the, the home team on, the, on this game. But I do understand your arguments regarding Real Madrid and uh, how they 
I've ranked or we ranked them both in first in our power rankings for a good reason. And that's how incredible and how deep their roster is. And that haven't changed in the slightest, even despite um, a slow first game for them. They they are still up there and they can compete with anyone else. I just think that this FS team has more to give. And I don't think we will see again what we saw last season, that uh, they kept just struggling and struggling and struggling. So I expect them to come into this game with the desire to bounce back. Yeah, I expect that too. I mean, it's just a, a bad matchup overall and a very tough opponent, especially with Walter Tavares coming back. So, I mean, FS could win. I'm not saying that they don't have a chance or anything like that, but I think I lean to Real Madrid's side on this one. Another interesting game that uh, that will also happen on Thursday is a game between Alba and Basconia. And I'm actually high on the the chances of Valva to conquer this game and to be very competitive. They shown good things on the, the first half against Bayern. They showed very good things on that first half. And uh, Basconia is a competitive team, uh, but I think that both of those rosters are at a similar level. And uh, this is a game that Alba will certainly want to, to win and uh, will want to conquer their first victory on the, this edition of the early. Do you think they will be able to do it? I think it's going to be a, a very entertaining game and I think it's going to be very competitive and very close because not only are these two teams in the same type of tier as far as talent, but their play style is kind of similar. They they want to play fast. They want to get their shooters open. And you have guys like Marcus Howard for Basconia and Matt Thomas for Alba Berlin. Uh, I think it's going to be a very entertaining game. I think Alba has a, a great chance to, to get a win here. Uh, I believe a guy like Sterling, Sterling Brown is going to be a, a huge difference maker in this game. His ability to to play defense and offensively to do a, a little bit of everything for this Alba team with some shooters around him, uh, I think that's going to be very good for them. And I think Matt Thomas has to get has to get going for for them to to have a chance. And, but I believe he will. I mean, it's the first game at home. They're, they're going to be uh, motivated to to try to win this game, and I think they have the pieces to make it tough for Basconia with Timon being a very important guy inside for them in a matchup like this. So I think it's going to be great. And Basconia, obviously, they always have a chance playing that type of style. I mean, if Alba tries to play fast, Basconia is like double that. Like, they always try to, to run <laughs> and to, to outshoot everybody. Against Real Madrid, they shot terribly and they were still they were still close to winning that game. They had a great rebounding performance. So... If they can dominate the boards against Alba, I believe that gets them way closer to a win because Alba is not a, a huge team and, and they have guys like Vettel who injured. So Timon will have to be the, the main guy inside for them. So I think if Basconia can do a good job on the boards, that will give them a, a great chance to come out of there with a, with a victory. Yeah, the, the battle of the boards is clearly one of the key factors for this uh, matchup between these two teams. And we know that uh, in a game between Alba and Basconi, it will come down to the team that is able to outscore the other. We can yeah. expi- expect it to be a high-scoring game. And one of the things that I will be tracking and looking at is if Basconi is able to translate and to bring into this game the the defensive upgrade that they showed on their previous matchup. As we know, that's... Uh, key for them to aspire to be a more competitive team and uh, that will be in a in a team that likes to play fast and likes to play in a style of game that uh, matches what Pasconia likes to do I wonder if they will be able to con- to keep 
control of the things on the that side of the court and defensively. And for me, that's something that I will be very intrigued to see heading into this game between Alba and Basconia. The next game that we have is between Asvel and Partizan. And I have to be honest, the what I saw from Asvel made me feel that despite they having more talent on their roster this season in relation to the previous one, they haven't shown much improvement on the way that they play. But obviously a team with talent is able to to do better, to to perform better than they did on their first game and in the game that uh, they lost against the Red Star. But playing against the the other Serbian team this time around in Partizan that uh, comes from a loss in uh, Tel Aviv, I do believe that Asvel will have a very hard task on this game against Partizan. And uh, I believe that the partisan will be able to show improvements in certain areas of the game where they really struggled and they will just be able to come into this game with a better dynamic offensively and with that be able to to just find easier baskets and find easier actions than they they were able to do on the, their first game and uh, against a team that has some defensive struggles in Asvel that will just uh, allow Partizan to, to be dominant and to take over the, this matchup. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. Uh, I think Partizan needs to come into this game uh, and, and be way better than they were in the first game against Maccabi. I mean, they, they were embarrassed out there, let's be honest. And I think Coach Aradovic, he, he knows how important it is to, to start the season on the right track and, and he can't afford to go down uh, 0-2 and especially playing against a, a lower-level team like uh, Asvel. So uh, I think Partizan will be a lot more prepared for this game, and I think they will play at a much higher level than they did in the first one. For Asvel, I, I agree with you. They they are certainly more talented than last season, but they, they need to show it on the court. And I understand that the first game against Red Star, it was obviously a tough game playing in Serbia against a team that is a lot better than they were last year. It was always going to be a tough game, but... Still, I mean, outside of Laverne playing a, a good game, I didn't really see much from them. So I, I need them to show, to show me a lot more for me to be able to take them seriously as a team that could be in contention for a play-in or, I don't know. I mean, I, their goal, I guess, is to be on that fight, but I, I don't think they're going to be able to do it because they don't show a good enough product product on the court for me to be able to have them in, in those heights. Uh, I think for them to win this game, they need to be very disciplined because a team like Partizan can just go off and get away with the score early. So if Asvel is not prepared coming into the game, I think it can be a, a very a very tough night for them. And Partizan, I mean, like I said, they, they need to be a lot more prepared than they were in the first week so that they, they can really play a good game and get a win here because it's one of those games you're supposed to win. And in a, in a competition... As close as EuroLeague is, you got to win those games. So that's their job, and I think Partizan is going to be able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, with Asphalt, they do have the talent, so you can expect, uh, or you would expect, that uh, their coach is able to put them in a better position to succeed, and let's see if they, they are able to, to improve. But in Partizan, we can be almost assured of that, that um, 
the work will be done and we will see improvements from game to game until this team is in a place that uh, they will look like the contenders that we expect them to, to be. And this is clearly a game for Partizan that they must win. And I think that uh, they have a good chance of doing it, but uh, we know how early games are and uh, any given night, any given team can uh, can beat the other. There are no teams that will end a season without wins and uh, Asphalt has a fighting chance, but uh, I think that Partizan uh, should be seen as a, a strong favorite heading into this uh, the matchup that they will have on this round two against Asphalt. The last game of Thursday is a game between Paratinaikos and Bayern. And before we get to, to what we expect to see from this game, were you surprised or disappointed with the way that Paratinaikos play on their first game? Well, I, I, was, surpri- uh, I was surprised positively uh, in the first 40 minutes. <laughs> But then in the overtime, I mean, I, I guess you can say it was disappointing. I mean, they got completely... Uh, outplayed in overtime. Uh, Olympiacos defense was just too much for them. But I think during the, the regulation, uh, I think they played a good game. As far as like the, the guards being difference makers, uh, attacking pick and rolls, I believe when you have such a stacked team at the guards position, you they have to be able to do that. And I think especially Slukas and Grigonish did that extremely well. And I think Juancho played an amazing game. Uh, I think they need more from the bigs. And I think they need more from the bench because they were not great. Uh, I mean, okay, Slukas came off the bench and, and impacted the game the way he does. But I don't look at, at Slukas like a bench player because even though he usually comes off the bench, he's always a high-minutes guy and he's always the go-to guy for his teams. So I'm talking about guys like Grant, Vildoza. Uh, I think those guys need to give up a lot more uh, uh, for that team to be successful. But Slukas, Grigonis, Wancho. I think they played a good game. Olympiacos is a tough is a tough matchup, so I think they played a good game. But obviously, they need more from the bigs in, in, on this matchup against Bayern, especially because Bayern is a big team, and it's going to be hard for them if they don't show up. Yeah, consistency across the board and consistency for 40 minutes a game will be key for this Paratinecus team. And despite maybe that not being... Uh, the perception, I do believe that these teams are not that far apart in terms of uh, talent. I clearly I think that Paratinaikos should be seen as favorite heading to this game, especially playing at home. And we saw how incredible the atmosphere was on their previous match. And I'm certain that their fans will show up and it will be a great spectacle in this game. And they should be seen as favorites because they are up there in terms of talent. But this Bayern team will be a hard team to, to beat and will be a team that will perform game after game. And I expect them to put up a fight on this uh, matchup against Paratinaikos. And the bigs, the Paratinaikos bigs are at this moment maybe one of the, the biggest question marks. Not in terms of individual talent of each of the players, but their ability to impact the game within the scheme that uh, Paratinaikos is using. And the ability from players like Lasort and Basharlowski being able to, to step up and show that he can be a high-level player in the EuroLeague, for me, will be determinant. And uh, this Bayern team, as you just mentioned, are is a team that uh, can give them trouble on the, that front while being a very complete uh, team across the board. And if Paratinakos don't bring that consistency into this game, they might find themselves into trouble. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, when you have guys like Devin Booker and Serge Ibaka, they they can really cause damage on the against their front court for Panathinaikos. Uh, I think they need Juancho to help them on the boards a, a lot, like he did against Olympiakos. And I believe again the the guards will have to be very good for them to be to be able to get this win at home because Bayern is a very tough team to play against. They they have a lot of options on every position. The, they also have a lot of guards who can make a difference. Uh, guys like Francisco uh, Carson Edwards. So they're not sh- short on talent. It's it's just about being a new team. Both of these teams are are new teams and they have a lot to grow together. But I think Bayern is a very tough matchup for any team in the EuroLeague. Uh, as far as this matchup specifically, uh, I think the battle of the front court will be very important because Bayern is a bigger team with a lot of size. And again, like you said, for Panathinaikos is a question mark because Lasort is kind of undersized for the center position. Balsarowski, it's his first EuroLeague experience. We need to see him be consistent and, and produce at a, at this level. So. We're going to have to see, but I think I agree with you. Panathinaikos should be the favorite on this game, playing at home. But Bayern is not going to be easy, man. They're going to compete until the end and throughout the whole season. Bayern is going to be a very tough team to beat. Yeah, Bayern will be a very competitive team and that's what we could expect when they start to put this project together that uh, they would be a team that will be trying to compete and to, to be on the, the playoff playing picture, even if they are not favorites to do so. They gave good indications on the first round, and I think we can expect more of the same uh, moving forward in the EuroLeague, so we cannot count them out. And the team that we also cannot count them out is on this next game, and now we will be hitting the four games from Friday, and it's Virtus. Virtus, despite the loss, they showed good things, and uh, Monaco on their game, they clearly didn't came prepared into that game. We, for sure, can expect Monaco to, to bounce back and to come into this game motivated and willing to to put behind them the way that they played on round one. And they are the favorites, especially playing at home against this Virtus team. I don't think that Virtus has what it takes or has the, the firepower to compete with Monaco can be at their best. But again, and just like in the game before, this Virtus team will be a very competitive team, a team that will be able to to perform and to give trouble to teams that come into the games unprepared. Do you think that we will see Monaco taking that step forward and put behind the, the way that they perform on the, the previous matchup? Uh, I think Monaco is the favorite for this game uh, and I think they will be better, but I don't think it's going to be as easy as maybe some people would think. Because uh, obviously Monaco comes to this game as a clear favorite, but uh, without uh, again, uh, I'm always going to make this reference. Without Jordan Lloyd, that team is very different. I mean, he's a very impactful player on that team because he can play multiple positions and, and he does he does a lot for them. Without him and without Kemba, they lose a little bit of that firepower that they could have, and that's the reason why last game I wanted to see a lot more from Cornelli. And I think he needs to be a very important guy on this game because Virtus has some guys inside, guys like Dunstan. Uh, Polonara is out now with an injury, but they have Schengel at the four. Uh, they have options. And I think Cornelli needs to make an impact, especially stretching the floor and shooting the three, that for for him to be able to create space for Mike James and Okobo to drive and, and to really make a difference in the game. And I think that's something that lacked in the game against Valencia. 
So I'm expecting Monaco to be better. Uh, I think they're going to win the game. But for them to, to really conquer that win, they, they need to, to be a lot better. And I think Carnelli has to be that guy, to, to like that X factor for, for them. Uh, as far as Virtus, uh, I think they can compete, obviously, with their play style. They showed it in the first game, even though they lost. They're going to move the ball. They're going to play team basketball. They're going to shoot. They're going to play defense and then trying to run and play in quick transitions. And I think you can always compete playing that way, and especially when you have talent like Virtus does. So I think they can make it, they can make it tough on Monaco. But if they're able to slow the game down and have Shangela be dominant, I think they have a chance to steal this game. Uh, I don't expect them to do it, but they do have a chance. Yeah, we know who who the main players for Monaco are and will be game after game. And while we know that Monaco have uh, very good defenders like John Brown, that is one of the best defenders of the EuroLeague, Toko has the physicality and the size to give some issues to, to that type of player. And if Toko is able to control the game uh, on that those positions, that will give uh, a fighting chance to Virtus. And then we know that uh, they are a team that uh, already showed that they will have very good ball movement. And um, those routines are is something that uh, are worked on and also improve from game to game. And they will start getting easier looks and easier shots. And that will help them to be more competitive and to to be able to to compete with a Monaco that uh, if Monaco is lacking some of their firepower, that's where Virtus can be able to catch up and to, to give them a fight. And despite Monaco being favorites, playing at home and Monaco coming to this edition of the EuroLeague, as some as top contenders for uh, for the title, while Virtus will have a hard time to be on the, the playing picture, on the playoff picture. Um Virtus can be a competitive team against this Monaco team and this game can be a very interesting one and uh, the next game is one of uh, if Efes and Real Madrid from uh, Thursday is one of the games to watch these next two games are certainly up there and uh, the the next game is the game between Jalgiris and uh, Red Star Red Star showed that uh, their ability to have high-level playmaking for 40 minutes a game will be an absolute nightmare to deal with. They they are able to to play at a very high pace, but they are able to take extremely good care of the ball. And I think that makes them an extremely hard matchup for Jalgiris. While Red Star adds the fact that they have size in their front court. And that's another aspect of the game that Jalgiris can struggle with at times. On the other hand, we know how important Jalgiris' home crowd is for this team. And both of these two teams will want to keep the good momentum of round one and will want to achieve another win. It's a highly, highly competitive game where both teams will feel comfortable to play faster. I just think that Red Star has many uh, facets of their game that gives them some advantages and we will just need to see Jalgiris performing at their highest level to to be able to to be competitive and to be able to beat Red Star. Certainly a possibility, especially with the game being played in Kaunas, but um, are you in agreement with me? Do you think that uh, Red Star... uh, 
it's showing to to have one of the the strongest rosters of the the competition. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. Uh, I'm very high on Red Star this season. Uh, I think they have an amazing roster, and I, I was I was pretty impressed with how they played in the in the first game, especially shooting the ball. I think they were amazing. But my question for this game is just this: Who will help Keenan Evans score the ball against Red Star's firepower? Because you have got, you have Napier, you have Milos, you have Gedraitis, you have uh, Simonovic playing inside, you have Mike Toby coming off the bench and being able to shoot the three. Like they have so many, so much depth. They have so many options and elite options too. Uh, Nerovic, I mean, he might be their best scorer coming off the bench. Uh, they have a lot. So who is going to step up and help Keenan Evans uh, with the, the scoring duties and just the playmaking overall? Uh, I think Mitro Long has to be on, on his A game for, for them to be able to compete. I think Ulanovic will have to assert his dominance on the mid-range because he's obviously an amazing player off the post and shooting that those mid-range shots. But I don't think it's enough. I think Red Star has a lot to to be better than Zalgiris, and I think they will in the end of the day. I mean, they're they're just a better team, in my opinion. But of course, you can never count out Zalgiris, especially at home with that crowd. And if they're not, if Red Star doesn't doesn't guard Keenan Evans the right way, he can give them a very tough night. So I believe the game will be competitive. But in the end, I just think Red Star has a lot for me and. Answering your question, I know it was a rhetoric <laughs> question, but for Jalgiris, it will come down to their ability to get stops and also uh, for their offensive to flow as a team. We spoke about this after Red Star first game. Their defense uh, shown to be uh, good. Are they able to do it against a more polished and a, a better offensive team as Jalgiris can be? We know that Jalgiris will be uh, shooting from deep and will be doing it at a very good clip. We know that Red Star has the ability to compete with them there. Is the switching defense from Jalgiris effective against the Red Star offense? That's something that we will be looking at. And then on the other side, it comes down to Keenan Evans to be the difference maker and uh, for the, the other players to be making their open shots and I think that uh, Jalgiri's small ball can give uh, Red Star some trouble. And I think this will be a good test for the level of Red Star's defense at this point of the, the EuroLeague. But uh, I agree with everything. And we are looking at this game from the, the same point of view because there is just a, a higher depth of talent on the, the Red Star roster right now. And they just shown that uh, they are already at a, at a very good point of the development of this roster. And uh, we can certainly expect to see more of that heading into this game. Another game, and I mentioned before, this game between Jalgiris and Red Star is one of the games that I'm looking forward to watch. The next one might be the, the game of the round. Eventually, the game between Olympiacos and Barcelona. Two teams that won in the first round. Olympiacos beated Paratinacos after overtime, while Barcelona had a very dominant win against Efes. I asked you this before, but let me do it again. Were you surprised with how well Barcelona play on the game one? And do you think that against the fans like Olympiacos and playing at Olympiacos home court, will they be able to do it again? I, I'm not surprised. I mean, I, I think Barcelona has the talent and I think they have the ability to, to play at that level. Uh, I just thought that it would take a little bit longer 
for them to to click because based on the games that I've watched prior to that one, they they kind of struggled. So that was my only question about them: could, could they click and get on the right track this early? And they played an amazing game against Fish. But again, I also think Fish wasn't really at their best. So, I mean, if you add those two together, I mean, you guess you you can have that Barcelona performance. But as far as this game, uh, I think obviously Olympiacos is always a, a tough matchup because of their ability to defend. And especially playing in Greece, it's very hard. But Olympiacos does have some injuries and they had on the domestic competition, uh, McKissick and Luke Sigma both got hurt. So I think it's going to be, I think Barcelona has a chance here to, to go in there and, and to steal this game, even though they might not be considered the favorites because we know how hard it is to, to play in Greece. But I think Barcelona has a chance because they have the experience. They have the guys like Sadoransky, La Provitula, uh, William and Gomez, of course. They, they have a lot of talent and they have options as well. Uh, Jabari Parker, Abrinis. I think they have the talent to be able to steal this game. Will they do it? I mean, it's tough. I, I'm, I need to see that. I need to see this new Barcelona team uh, facing a defense like Olympiacos because I, I think that's really a true test for them and to see how they're able to respond to that. Uh, we saw last season, Barcelona sometimes had a, a really tough time responding to aggressive defenses and to aggressive runs from the other teams. So I, I'm kind of curious to see how they respond to, to this matchup here. But uh, for Olympiacos, they're going to need the, the main guys to really play at a, a really high level because their depth kind of took a hit with these injuries. So it's going to be tough for Olympiacos. But uh, Bart Sokas is a great coach, and, and obviously he's going to have his team prepared to, to play at a high level and to win this game. While I agree with everything that you just said, I would like to add that uh, this will also be a great test for Olympiacos offensively. We saw on the, the previous matchup Barcelona showing the ability to be a consistent defensive unit, and uh, they can give trouble to this Olympiacos team that um, we spoke about it. They might be lacking uh, somewhat in offensive creation. And while they, they their ball movement makes them uh, a very good team, regardless of that, uh, I wonder if Barcelona will be able to, to give them a hard time on that uh, side of the game. And if that's the case, then I think that Barcelona has a very good chance to come out of this game with a win. But... Um, I'm certainly not speaking against Olympiacos playing at home against almost any team. And this game is no different. They should be seen as favorites heading to this game. But uh, Barcelona will uh, be able to show if they the, what we saw in the first game uh, will continue and if they will be able to, to give this Olympiacos team trouble and beat them on the road. Let's then head to the last game of the of the day and the last game of the Friday between Valencia and Fenerbahce. Two teams that uh, had very good wins on round one. Valencia surprised and was one of the biggest surprises of round one by beating Monaco, while Fenerbahce had uh, an important uh, home win against Milano and was able to secure uh, that win in a very competitive game. Do you think that Valencia can surprise again in a game that I think that Fenerbahce should be seen as favorites and uh, is a team that has comes into this season with uh, bigger aspirations? Do you think that Valencia can 
perform a surprise once again? I think they can, but I think it's tough to have back-to-back performances uh, holding a, a superior team to to low scoring and like they held, they held Monaco to sixty five points. Do I think they're going to be able to do that to Fenerbahce? I mean, I, I don't. I think Fenerbahce might be at this point of the season better prepared than Monaco and Monaco dealing with injuries too that didn't help them at all. And I think Fenerbahce is going to be able to to come to Spain and to play a much better game than Monaco did. Uh, I think Fenerbahce is much better defensively than Monaco is. And I don't think they're going to struggle offensively the way Monaco did. So I think Fenerbahce has a lot of options. They have a great depth. They are very well coached. And even though I think Valencia is better this season and they showed great indicators on the first game, I just think Fenerbahce might be too big as as a team, the, the roster. Like the wings are very big, Pierre and Nigel Hayes Davis, the the bigs too, uh, Papagiannis, Motley. I just think they have a lot more options and bigger options too, and, and I think it's going to be hard for Valencia to to upset them. But it's possible, of course. Playing at home, they play fast, they shoot, and Fenerbahce sometimes they they are not very good playing against shooting teams because they they struggle a lot, and especially when Kaladis is on the floor, we we already know that story, so. I think Yamadar is going to be very important here to to give them some energy and for them to play fast and to try to be dominant against this Valencia team because they just have more talent. Now, it's all about getting on the court and proving it. And I think Nigel Hayes-Davis and Pierre will also be very important if they are given the ball to, to post other wings up because they're just bigger. Like The only wing I can see for Valencia being able to bang with them is Sami Ojale. So... I think Valencia just doesn't have the, the bodies to, to throw at Fenerbahce. I think it could be a tough night for Valencia on the boards. And I just think Fenerbahce overall is the better team and they should be able to win this game. I truly liked what I saw from Valencia on round one. And I think it was more than just a surprise. I think there there, there is enough uh, within this roster for continuity and for Valencia to be a competitive team during the, this Euro league season. But... Uh, it comes down to that. So Fenerbahce uh, has more options. And I just think that Fenerbahce has the ability to overwhelm Valencia defensively. And while they will be able to compete with them offensively, I think that Fenerbahce defense can give issues to to Valencia and can be too big of a hurdle for them to, to overcome on this game. And this takes us... To the end of all the eight games that uh, this round two of the that will be played on Thursday and Friday from this round two of the Euro League. Once again, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter at Etos Euro League. As always, I will be talking with you guys soon. Bye, guys. See you on next episode. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks. That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.